You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You said in July that you aren't big on, on titles over there. Have you found it odd that there's been a bit of a like a frenzy media-wise on on uh, why you haven't named somebody in an offensive coordinator? I'm really not too, too concerned about that. I mean, we there've been many years where we haven't had titles. I don't even know what titles we've had or not had. It doesn't really make any difference to me. It's, that's not the point of it. We have jobs to do, and and um, our staff works well together. Again, there are a lot of people that are involved in in uh, all three phases of the game uh, ultimately i'm responsible for all of it so if you want to ask who's in charge then it would be me because that's i have the final say in every area so that's that's the way it's been and i don't really see that changing all right back here on mud at night mark Dondero, Kyrie thompson in for mud 617-779-7937 a couple things there Kyrie. uh just reacting to bill belichick number one okay if this goes poorly this year He's right. I will 100% blame him. I won't even talk about Matt Patricia or Joe Judge. Like they, it should, no, it'll if, be on him. If it goes poorly, it's on him. They shouldn't even be – that's what I'll say. I'll be like, they shouldn't even have been in that role, so it's on you. So that we can establish Well, he, he basically said, yes, blame me. I, it all, it, it, it's my responsibility. I'm responsible for all of it. He said blame him. At least we're on the same page there. The other thing I just wanted to say – now, I just earlier talked about how the whole play-calling offense coordinator thing hasn't kept me up at night, you know? However – what we cannot dispute is, and he said this multiple times, this is a process. Now, mm-hmm. I th- you know, what that me- I don't care what it means to him. I know it's a competition. I know they were having a competition. He was trying to fit. You don't think so? No. What do you think it is? I think that this is clearly Matt Patricia's show. And I feel like it's been Matt Patricia's show basically the entire time. And, and, and the thing is, it's like, I think I think Bill loves this. He loves that we're talking about it and that we're we're like, so who was calling the plays this time? Huh? Huh? Is it Matt Patricia the whole time? Uh, you know, he loves this. Oh yeah, I think I think he huh. enjoy he enjoys playing. He's with us. smiling. I, I mean, so I have no idea. I, I mean, what that's I'm, about. It, it's like he was he was smirking during the press conference. I don't know what that. You're like, well, I, checked, because, I looked out the window to make sure the sky was still blue. Well, I mean, that's the thing. Like, I think Tom Curran called this like the media's chew toy, right? And he throws it out to us, and we, and we all go for it and stuff like that. But I mean, I'll just say, like, 95% of the time in practice, Matt Patricia is radioing in the plays to Mac Jones. And Joe Judge is just off in the back, chilling, nothing going on there. And I would also say this, right? So so Joe Judge will call plays for the backups, right? You know, like during walkthroughs, right? He'll get the second team, third team offense, and Matt Patricia will call plays for the ones. And that was what it was like during week one. But the idea was, why is Joe Judge calling plays at all? Do we have a competition to be honest with you, the, like like just what we've seen in practice just doesn't quite back that up. But I think he threw that out there. Mm-hmm. Like it's all intentional, right? So so I think some of it has to do with a process of okay, let me see if how I feel when I if I want to jump on the headset and get the call sheet or see how Joe feels if if it has to be like that. If we just don't like how it's going with Matt and we want to switch things up, like like get some level of comfort with it in case we want to go there. But but all in all, man, it, it's it's Patricia. Like I just I haven't seen enough evidence to say that Bill Belichick or Joe Judge will be the primary play caller. But I feel like he told us today how that process is going to go. I think I think he revealed a lot more than he ever has about what this process actually. Okay, because the, the whole process thing 
made me uncomfortable, especially yeah. with, in association with some of the struggles for Mac Jones, because other teams don't have a process. You know, they have their established offensive coordinator. Yeah. So if Bill, ba- and we've seen, like you said, Joe Judge has called some plays. Matt Patricia's called plays, obviously. Bill Bel- was Bill Belichick calling plays at one point? I don't know. So so apparently he was calling some plays during two-minute drill, during two minute on, drill on Wednesday. Some of the Panthers people, uh, apparently, like Albert right. Breer mentioned it or whatever. Okay, so, well, whatever. So that threw, that threw in another wrinkle, So right? So if it is a process, and that's what he keeps saying, it's just something else that you have to do that other teams aren't worried about. Forget about the personnel on offense, the quarterback, the weapons. This is another thing that you have to do, work on, figure out, whatever, that other teams don't have to do. Because their process ended when they hired their offensive coordinator. You hired your offensive coordinator, but then there was still a process. Like, I don't want a process after I make the hire. The process is you make the hire. You go through a process to hire the best guy for the job, and then you're confident they can do the job. So that process ends, and you go, you move on. This process is continuing, seemingly, which makes me nervous. Now, maybe it's not as much of a process based on what you've seen and what you've heard and what, what's been going on, and we'll find out. Yeah, I, th- I think it's just, it's just different. I'm all for being innovative. I am. And I'm open to, like, hey, maybe this guy can find his way as an offensive play caller. I don't know if there's that many – I mean, there's similarities, but there's also things that you don't deal with as an OC versus being a defensive coordinator – um, I mean, the terminology is different. And then there's also the fact that, okay, I, I could, I think the play calling part, I, I've said this a couple of times that we might look back on this storyline by the end of the year and be like, maybe this just wasn't that big of a deal. But the part that might be a bigger deal is the offense itself that is, is being called. Right. And this is, I mean, it's not that they've completely maybe thrown out everything that they used to do. But there is definitely some new elements here, and, and and I did think in regards to that process that we were talking about, there there was a there was a clip of Bill Belichick. He was asked a question about, oh yeah, like how how different is it, you know, when when you're kind of asking coordinators to uh, switch responsibilities mid game, which was something they were playing around with during week one, and he kind of had an, an answer that ran tangent to that, but I think really really illuminated a couple of things for me. If we got that. Uh, well, I'm not going to take anything away from um, Charlie or Josh or Billy O'Brien or, or anybody. That's not the point. But no matter who the play caller is in any area, offense, defense, or special teams, there are other people that are, you know, a part of that. So, uh, for example, Dante, you know, had a lot of input into the running game and the protections, um, you know, the receiver coaches would have input into the routes that we were calling based on the way that the corners or safeties were playing. And, and the quarterback, you know, when he came off, we talk about those things after the series. And, and, you know, when you see the coaches or the coaches and players working on the sideline, that's exactly what we're doing. And we're preparing to uh, call the next, the next series of plays. Um, and, and ultimately somebody will make that call, um, and as I said, I would have the final say on that. So if there's something that I didn't want to call, we wouldn't call it. Or something I did want to call, then we would call it. So I think with that, that to me said a ton. Because I feel like essentially what he said was, look, even when Josh McDaniels and Bill O'Brien were here, it was still a process. Now, how much of a process it actually was, 
I, I think is up for debate because they were experienced. They did this job before. But essentially what they said is like, look, everybody has input on this offense. The idea that that there's a lot of input and position coaches are, are like, you know, saying, oh, yeah, maybe we should do this. Maybe we should do that. Or that Bill Belichick is saying, eh, I don't like that. Let's do something else. Essentially what he's saying is that's not new. But I think that this process is going to be a bit different than it used to be because Matt Patricia has not had experience as an offensive coordinator. And he kind of said this during in the postgame of the preseason where they were asking him, did Matt Patricia call the plays? And he said, well, he communicated with the quarterback all game. Yes, but play calling, that's a different deal. I think what he said there, th- this, this is how I'm reading it. Matt Patricia is going to be the guy with the headset and the play call sheet, and he is going to be speak. He is going to be the one voice most of the time speaking in Mac Jones's ear. But you can't necessarily say that he is going to be calling all the plays by himself. So other people will be talking in Matt Patricia's ear, like, "Yo, we should do this. We should do this." Uh, Bill Belichick will be like, "Okay, that's cool," or you know what? I don't like this one. Let's do something else. And then whatever consensus they come up with, that's going to be what goes into Mac Jones's ear via Patricia's mouth. It sounds convoluted, but I feel like that's how it's going to go. I just don't know how, if that's the case, I don't know how that can't compromise other aspects of coaching, of Bill Belichick's job and in-game responsibilities. I mean, especially when you look, his eye in the sky is gone. I thought Patricia, I thought when they brought in Matt Patricia, that's what he was supposed to be. Yeah. The, the eye in the chair. You'll be in the press Adams. box. And yes. You, and, you, and, you, and you look from on high. And, and I guess the, the idea is that, okay, if, if you're to believe Bill Belichick here, he, he would maybe say that, oh, yeah, I've always done this. I've always been the last word on offense, even when it was them. But I just wonder if it's going to be a bigger deal now. Well, okay, but here's the point. See, it's now be a bigger, bigger role. He's now. always done this. He's always this has always been a process. The problem is back when it was a process. Then you had Tom Brady, uh-huh. and you had guys that were at least had done some offensive play calling in the past. And by the way, again, we don't know exactly how many specific changes they're making to the offense, yeah. but they weren't really make. It was their offense, and it was in place. Yeah. This offense is evolving, is yes. changing. Yeah. So you've got like one, two, three different deficiencies here that I'm not seeing being resolved fast enough. Yeah. So yeah. I have a lot of things that I'm worried about. No, you're not wrong. <laughs> and I think, like, because I was still under the impression that Bill Belichick was needed defensively to be with Gerard Mayo and Steve Belichick. Now, maybe they, they're another year in. Maybe they figured it out. I, I don't know. I mean, I'm not going to yeah. bet on that. But speaking of the defense. Yeah, let's do it. I, I just, if you want to get a little, because I know there was something, some things that you were positive on. So let's, if we could get a little more positive right now, we'll do that. Okay, because d- defensively, I feel better than I did. Me I'm going to say that. I, I, now, it doesn't mean anything. Okay, because I like th- that was my biggest concern, honestly, defensively. Because we were talking about, I think, off the air, like Judon, Matt Judon's been trying to figure out how to become more of a, uh, you know, become more conditioned so he can last all season. The problem is, Kyrie, last year, defensively, for for much of the year, they were really good, they were highly ranked, and they had two of the best playmakers at two of the key positions on defense with yeah. J.C. Jackson and Judon. Yep. Okay? And it still ended in disaster. It's still So, like, that's why this year was so troublesome defensively because yeah. I'm like, I don't even know if you can get to that point. I mean, last year they rated well, they played well, it was good, and they still flamed out. I didn't even know if they could get to that point yeah. where they're playing well. So based on what I thought, they've looked better. The, who knows who they're playing? Who knows who's out there? It's preseason, no game plans, all those things. 
but they have looked better. That's a positive for me. Do you have any? Do you want to comment on the defense? You want to go to an yeah, offensive yeah. positive? Yeah, well, yeah. I, I mean, I think that they have looked better than I expected because I think a lot of us were thinking, well, maybe it's just a product of the Patriots' offense not knowing what it's doing. And see, that that was always the thing to me. It wasn't so much that wow, the defense has so much more talent than the offense. It was more to me that the defense seems to know what it's doing and know what its purpose is on every snap. And you you rarely see guys busting coverages or being in, in just a horribly wrong place or you know screwing up like that, right? And the offense was just, I mean, the blocking assignments being missed and receivers running the wrong routes or bumping into each other on route combinations or Mac Jones going to the wrong place. There's just so many things going wrong for the offense. But then you saw them, again, up against the Carolina Panthers where they've got some good talent at some of the skill positions. They really do. But... I mean, Baker Mayfield and Sam Darnold, or one of them is going to be your starting quarterback. Well, it's Baker Mayfield now. They announced that today. But it's like, okay, is that a world-beating team? Like, uh, I don't know about all that. But again, it showed up, right? The defensive front was dominating. They did what they, they, they're they were, supposed to do. They, they, were, they were dominating during joint practices. And it wasn't just Christian Barmore. It was Devon Godshaw busting things up. Larry Guy playing well. Matthew Judon being a menace. I mean, he was just being an absolute menace. But even little things like Anthony Jennings, the the backup linebacker who was drafted in 2020 in the third round, and you're kind of like, okay, are we going to see anything from this guy? Like, what, you know, what's going on here? He plays well, right? And Josh Uche flashing and showing some some you know explosiveness off the edge, which he always does in the preseason, right? But but I also think you've seen good things from Marcus Jones, the the you know third round pick from this past year. I think he's going to play a little bit sooner than we think. Jonathan Jones moving to the outside now more instead of being in the slot. You have a lot of NFL talent on that defense. You don't have a lot of superstars. The closest thing that you might have to a star right now is Matthew Judon with Christian Barmore having star potential. And like, I'm okay with that. Like, yeah. I'm okay with bees all across the board. You know, like, that's and, why. And, and I think that's more or less what you have. You have a lot of mixable and matchable pieces that you could do a lot of different things with. I, I don't think that's why I was like, hey, I love J.C. Jackson. Like, I thought he was a good player, ball, all those things. But I would, I didn't need to give him the money that they, he, I knew he was going to get because I just think you can win with bees. And it's nice to have a shutdown corner, especially if you're, like, a piece yeah. away and you think that could be what puts us over the top, a foundational defensive yeah. back and everybody else can benefit. Fine. But they had that last year. And how, I mean, how did they defend the pass against Buffalo? So it's like, I, I'd rather go back to the drawing board develop a bunch of guys that could come in there, be a stable of defensive backs, maybe not pay the top guy top dollar and see what happens because it just didn't work at the end of the season last year when you needed it to work the most. Yeah, and and I think that in regards to the defensive backs in particular, I mean, Bill Belichick, I mean, not that he doesn't have experience with with everything, right, linebackers and, and whatnot, but I mean, I think he has a lot of great success with defensive backs and, and J.C. Jackson was an undrafted free agent. And, and they morphed him into that. And so to that point, it's like, why pay J.C. Jackson all that money when you can literally just make another one? And I feel like people were wondering, why didn't you draft a cornerback in the first round or the second round, right? Like, that's what you need. And then they draft two guys in the third and fourth round and Marcus and Jack Jones, and they both come in and they look good, right? So it's about talent identification and figuring out where, where you fit. And I, and I feel like so far, both of those guys look like they, they might hit. I mean, we, we got to see them a little bit more. They got to stay healthy and all that stuff, right? But, but again, he has proven that, that you, can, you can create good cornerbacks. 
Jalen Mills, I'm not ready to say he's going to be an elite shutdown number one cornerback and he's going to be over here locking up Jamar Chase, right? I'm not, I'm not going to say that, but he definitely looks like a way better man coverage cornerback than he ever looked like he was in Philadelphia. I think he's found a little something and his game has gone up a level. I think it's true. 617-779-7937. Mark Dondero, Kyrie Thompson in for Mutt. Um, yeah, I mean... I, I'm not going to sit here and get over the moon about Jalen Mills. I do like what I've seen, and yeah. every, all the rhetoric and narrative out of camp and everything else says, hey, I'm intrigued. Like yeah. I, I can't wait to see how it comes together. And, and for me, just from a, a standpoint of, I guess, drama, I, I'm glad that the first four games are what they are. Like I, They're getting thrown right into it, and I think that's going to be interesting. Yeah, It's going to be fascinating. Yeah, they're going to they're gonna have a rough four games, and then they're going to get a soft part of the schedule where they could end up being like you know six or seven and four, and then it's going to be the gauntlet at the end of the year. We're going to see what you're made of again. But th- this is what happened last year. I know they went two. It was a two and two to start last year. So they're they're one and three. Oh no, one and three last year. That's right. One and three. They only had that one win at uh, was it week two? They won. They beat up on the Jets. The Jets. I forget. Smashed the Jets, and then they yeah they They couldn't win at home. They had that issue. They couldn't win at home. Yeah. So they're gonna have they're gonna have some opportunities early to kind of show us what they're made of. And I think, and you can tell me what you think if you want to come back with this because I know you do have some plays. That you did like what you in terms of what you saw the other night. We'll get to that. But I think Mac Jones specifically, week two, will be the biggest game, arguably, of the season for him. Interesting. Because just because you're gonna come off after week one, you're gonna come off a big win or a tough loss, obviously. And then it's gonna be week two. We know the stats, they've changed a little bit over the years, but the stats, if a team does start 0-2, what that means. You're going to have, regardless of a win or a loss in week one, you're going to have a second game on the road against a really good defense, against a really good coach slash coaches with Brian Flores now in uh, in Pittsburgh. Yep. T.J. Watt's going to be you beating the pants off one of your tackles. That's right. So you are going to – that is going to be a big boy start for him, a big boy game. And just, forget about the Patriots. Just for Mac Jones, I think we're going to learn a lot about A – Max ability, B, what the Patriots think of him and how they view him and how they're going to use him. And just we'll see how he responds to either the loss, the win, trying to string it together. Is he going to relax after a huge win? Is he going to come back to earth after a big win? Is he going to forget about it like Bill will want him to? That game for Mac is something I can't wait to do, uh, wait to see, and I can't wait to hear about some of the plays that you like that are going to make me more excited Okay, come week one, September 11th in Miami. Mark Dondero, Kyrie Thompson, in for Mutt. This is Mutt at Night on WEI.